everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello everybody, welcome in to the Thursday edition of the drive all right i I don't know we called it sweltering yesterday um think of something else that's uh that's right there who was it i heard some i heard a broadcaster today say it's not just hot he said we're on the edge of hell and i went wow that's a that's a pretty good description. The heat is it's wearing pretty on, hot. It's wearing on people when you start when you're starting to get when you're starting to get biblical with the really? with the comparison. Heat index right now in Auburn one oh eight. Yeah, we're uh, we're working. And the on, great news is next hey, weekend it's actually getting into the triple digits. It's temp wise. Well, next week, the thing so. is it's it's actually not as humid as it can. Yeah, you look at the humidity is only about sixty percent. Earlier I mean, this week it, it was crazy, dreadful, dreadful. Yeah, so I mean, there you go. You feel like you're back in Vegas, Justin. <laughs> At least the shade helps me. It helped me in Vegas. Oh, here man. not so much. You no. know, yesterday it seemed like simply closing the blinds in the studio had a several degree effect. Oh, I have in to. here. Yeah, you haven't now. you haven't learned. No, that I've learned that, but no, but just no. Dark I, is no, but is but it, like I mean, immediately, which would tell oh, yes. you how hot it is outside. That you know, it's, you know, but uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, it is a uh, it's a hot one as uh, as Rob Thomas. And, and and Santana uh, would uh, would tell you at the beginning of their hit song "Smooth." And uh, no, as, as Justin said, doesn't seem like that's changing anytime uh, soon for, no. for uh, folks no. in Auburn or anywhere else. Yeah. Really, in, uh, in most of what would about about seventy well, percent of the well, country you know right what? Now. It's been a couple of years, really. I, I um, uh, last night on the news, I'm watching the news last night, and there were no official. There had not been an official temperature in triple digits in this area since. October, early October of 2019. Wow. Wow. So we'd gone two years. Last year, I don't recall, it may have hit 95 a couple of days. I remember thinking last year, wow, this is a relatively mild. So, yeah, well, it's making up for it, making up for it now because just wait. I'm thinking, what's it going to be like in July and August? But. Be, be heat aware. Oh, yes. As, as they say, and take, take all necessary precautions. Extra hydration, uh, shade, and shelter when you need it. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Bill, you'll tell folks uh, take the take the sun seriously uh, too. This uh, this, yeah. this is a uh, yeah. yeah. This, this yeah, is I've, a... I've, I've I've had a couple of things removed right. from me mm. from uh, from years past yeah. of 
of trying to get the best tan that I could get. And, and as someone who grew up on the Florida Panhandle, I feel like that's just that's just yeah, something well, that's, wait, that's, waiting for me later in life because of the, you know the uh, sort yeah. of the well you probably you you probably I mean see the thing is I, I grew up forty five minutes from the beach too from Pensacola right. so uh, but but you probably didn't do things like I did and that's like slather baby oil all over yourself <laughs> when you went out. To, uh, I don't know to, if Dan was doing dark. that. It'd been no, interesting I had, I had if he couple, did. I had a couple summers. I had a, I had a couple oh, summers where had... we were running wild like uh, like the Hulkster. But oh, no, yeah. it was no. It, for, but I, I just it's a nice reminder to tell you know be yeah. be aware of uh, of of the yeah heat there, and, there are consequences and, and, and the sun yeah yes. you know short, short term and long term consequences yeah so uh, so so do that there's our there's our daily weather update. Um, Again, one hundred seven, one hundred seven on the iPhone. Great opportunity, great opportunity again for for uh, for someone to to sponsor that because we generally do mention that. I do have a quick shout out I want to give out to. Uh, uh, I mentioned uh, my friend, our friend Jamie from East Alabama Tree Service last week, who had really been mm-hmm. under the weather with COVID, came by and and did a little touch up work hey. at my house today in this ridiculous. Wow! This ridiculous heat. Shout out! To, shout out to Jamie. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. I hope you're still feeling all right, Jamie. Uh, there, there. But I mean, uh, great guy there from Gabe. Gabe, it was his buddy Gabe. Sh- yeah, he's, sh- he's always he's always uh, cutting Gabe when when he talks to me during the uh, during the storm last night. I don't know. I don't know if you were how oh. how affected you were. You not, know, we were talking not about. terribly. Last night, all we got was rain, whereas the day before we got a lot of wind. There were some, so I'm I'm right by the interstate, and there were some really gnarly stretches of, my, of that my storm. My power went out for a yeah, little while. There, That's there, what Tracy was saying. She uh-huh. said hers was out out from seven thirty to midnight. I saw yeah. I, my power never went out, but a couple of times I went outside to just sort of uh, you know observe. Uh, as as Justin's here, yes. uh, we've uh, I, I went outside to see what was going on, and uh, I noticed that it seemed like power was flickering in in other places I could see. Yeah, uh, but it d- didn't happen uh, to me. But uh, as a as a reminder, and I hope everybody made it through the storm. Okay, uh, that's another shout out to oh, the, li- the linemen and the folks that keep Shoot. the power man. and the and the, and the internet and the cable yeah, uh, when going. We're talking about this kind of heat. Yeah. Oh, the the the, the thought of of not having. Well, not and, and the thought of having to power and air. Well, and, and the thought of it getting knocked out and someone having to go up in this yes. heat and go <laughs> go fix it or something. Yeah, because it's I mean, not like it exactly chills a whole lot. So in the evening. So yeah. No, so uh, absolutely. You know, our our, uh, our our eternal thanks uh, yes. to the folks keeping the uh, keeping the lights on and the uh, and, and the cable and the uh, and and the, and the phone uh, working. Yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of the phones. The, well, I was wow. going to say in power. I mean, that's we, right. We we are. Uh, on the air as usual. Bill, Dan, that's Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Drew at the controls. And we're coming to you once again from the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com to find out more. Hour number one of The Drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College. KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Also the sponsor of our phone lines, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments, and you can get through by uh, calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, our good friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors, including our good buddy Derek. As always, shout out to Derek. And, sure. and everybody else, the whole team at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And, and, and let's let's uh, stick with them for just a minute because they also are the sponsors of our podcast. So if you missed any of the shows this week, any of the guests, uh, anything, you can go back 
and check them out on the podcast brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Super convenient way. If you, if you can't hear the show live, it's, uh, it's really easy to... Uh, uh, to see, uh, to, to, to listen to the show via whether it's your favorite podcasting platform or if you want to use ESPNAU.com or AUNetwork.com, the podcast centers we've got on the website. Uh, you can use the ESPN 1067 app. It's all commercial free. And yeah, we upload the whole show as soon as we're done uh, doing it live. Uh, we, uh, we put it up on, uh, on all the different podcasting platforms and it's a, it's a great way to catch up on uh, episodes you miss uh, or uh, if you, if you got something going on between four and six, can't hear us live uh, you can uh, you can listen to the show that way and that's all presented by southeastern industrial contractors and bill speaking of podcasts what a uh, what a way to introduce uh, that is the, right uh, the, the, the third mic today that is right Hi. of course justin ferguson from the auburn observer how you doing justin i'm doing good trying to stay out of the heat like like we were saying earlier but uh pretty pretty fun little time right here uh with baseball going to omaha uh it's kind of funny <laughs> I've, I did. I've, this is like the fifth or sixth radio thing I've done today, and I've had to act like an Auburn baseball right. expert all day. Where you're getting more and more every, every yeah. time you do it. You yeah. know more, right? Yeah, I'm getting a little bit more. But man, uh, really exciting time for for Auburn baseball. Uh, I was on a um, on a Zoom earlier today uh, through the NBA uh, with Jabari Smith, and a week from today, uh, really good shot that he's going to go number one overall. Mm-hmm. Funny, funny thing, we can talk about this probably, I guess, at some point, but he did not interview with anybody other than the Magic and the Thunder. He wow. he is not going below two in his mind, and uh, it's pretty much where the boards are saying it as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty busy time recruiting uh, football. Always, always a topic, but you your, know, your a lot of Thursdays, stuff your Thursdays with Bill Cameron all season in baseball have probably paid off. Yes, having to answer, oh, a, bun- oh, having to answer a bunch of questions yes. about the Auburn baseball yeah. team now. Yeah, yeah. There's people who got like I was just on Feinbaum like 30 minutes ago, and they asked me a bunch of questions about baseball, and I was like, ah. And so, <laughs> but fortunately, not only being in here. Uh, all all year long with on the Thursdays, but um, our podcast we've done a couple this week. We did or uh, here in the postseason, Bennett Durando at the Advertiser, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, Adam Cole at the uh, at the OA News um, previewing uh, previewing Auburn baseball. So I'm getting getting a lot more knowledgeable of it. I can feel like I can talk with some confidence, and they're a fun team to talk I was about. Too. Say, well, they're they're also they're also playing on uh, you know on national TV a little bit more, and you get to see yeah. them a little bit more as they uh, really fun as, team. As I, I, cool. I've I've been really I've been really uh, th- this last month or so just as someone who doesn't cover them on a day to day basis, just getting to watch them and kind of just to be just be entertained by it. It's, they've the, they've been the a really fun product. The postseason run has been a thrill, and maybe that's because they've only lost the two games, and really every game has been or no, just the one. One, yeah, just they, one just, yeah. they just lost the one game, and and every game for the most part has either been a one sided Auburn victory or a very close mm-hmm. competitive baseball game. All three of the baseball games, I, I think you could go into this past weekend series without a dog in the fight. And you could just, you could just admire yeah. how great the baseball was. Oh, yeah. and be entertained. Yeah, for for all three of those. It's a really games. good Oregon State team, and they and they played well. Yeah, and a, and a cool atmosphere mm-hmm. for for high stakes baseball. Uh, but no, I think that's it's been a uh, it's it's been easy to uh, jump on the bandwagon, uh, so, yeah. so to say, yeah. for, for this baseball team. I, partial, and, and part of that's because Sonny Deshera is having this historic season too, and it's cool to have this well, sort of and he's, outside. And he's such a cool yeah. guy to be following. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's not your he's not your typical uh, and, athlete. And we were on we were driving that bandwagon early. So I was about to say y'all, y'all, y'all got on y'all got on the sunny sunny game before everybody else that, did. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's, it's been, great. Tiger takes all season long, and we're and we're gonna try. 
to have an interview with Sonny uh, tomorrow, right? We're yes. going to try to air an yeah. interview. we got Riley We, we will have an interview, Riley. Yeah, Riley's going to sit down with him, and uh, we'll have that for you tomorrow on the drive. We have Riley embedded with the team, and he's going to uh, he's going to get us a uh, an interview with Sonny to share. We're going to run tomorrow on the drive, courtesy of our friends at Auburn University Credit Union. I've made this comparison earlier this week. I want to know what you guys thought about it. But my limited knowledge of college baseball, uh, and most of my baseball intake is the Atlanta Braves. But I will say this, this past weekend kind of struck me with this, like, I'm kind of getting some Braves vibes of last year's runs from this from this Auburn team, mostly because, man, that bullpen has been just nasty, especially, especially you know, when you think about how the Braves made it to the World Series, a team that oh, oh, overachieved yeah. and got and caught fire down the stretch. But, yeah, the, the night shift bullpen coming through, and then, I mean, man, how how great has uh, has Auburn's bullpen been the, oh. this year with uh, with Burkhalter and then and Carson I, Skipper. Carson Skipper coming in and just breaking off curveballs at, at the at the Pac-12 Player of the Year in a tough spot and getting him out quick was one of the one of the most clutch performances I've seen you know by any athlete at and, Auburn. And then Burkhalter just went out and got what eight eight out an eight out save yeah eight out save and was was dominant faced eight batters for, for, for <laughs> yeah for, for his entire eight up eight down his his entire appearance no and it's and. The, the Braves, I think, are one example of you've seen teams in baseball, especially in the last 20 years, as sort of bullpens have become, you know, specialization within the bullpen has become more commonplace, uh, where that's, that's how a team can yeah. catch fire. Part of it's going to be you'll, you'll have a dominant and Skipper being a dude, a lefty that can kind of just come in and just and just throw really, really well against you. The Tigers had a couple of teams that oh, made yeah. postseason runs that had, you know, sort of calling cards where, where the dominant bullpen, the Royals, the, those Royals teams that can Oh, yeah, for, they had the mul- multiple guys. Now, the one thing that we don't have yet in college sports is the ability to make mid-season acquisitions. I mean, you know, we don't have... We don't yes, have, yes, you, you know. Don't, you can't, but, but, you can't trade for guys, but right. I mean, hey, we're getting closer well, and the other thing there is, is if you think about it, is again, wouldn't that be cool? It's not a, it's not a midseason acquisition, but I mean, one of your, one of the biggest difference makers of the year is a guy you got out of the portal, a guy that was well, you, not, you got multiple guys yeah. out of the portal. Well, I mean, you, you got your superstar, Blake Rambush, Brooks Carlson, uh, Bobby Pierce. I mean, you've had a bunch of guys that transferred in either out of the portal or, or junior college. Yeah, and and so it's been a really, really big time pickup. I also um, mentioned this because I was talking earlier with somebody about it. Uh, an underrated part when you talk about winning baseball, and you talk about a team like Auburn, who, it, you know, you look at pretty much every advanced stat or team stats heading into Omaha. They're about middle of the pack and everything. You know, not necessarily a team that stands out in a ton, but play really good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, and uh, you know, getting that kind of defense, I think, it, you're, if you're a team like Auburn, again, you don't have the best hitters, you don't have the best pitchers, but you play really good complementary baseball, and you're very confident. I mean that defense goes a really really long way. Run prevention is sometimes oh, yeah. an under an undervalued aspect of baseball because there aren't as many. Certainly in the newspaper or on the baseball card, there aren't as many statistics that tell you how good a player I is say, at at helping aid in, in run prevention versus what he can do at the plate or or how often you know or even fielding percentage things like that. I mean it's a uh, it, it's important. Sometimes you can find uh, overlooked guys mm-hmm. that can really help you uh, defensively, and I wonder how many Auburn players would fit that description. Uh, my buddy Parker, who does a lot of college football stats, he does college baseball. He's been doing more college baseball here this spring um, and, and summer. He pointed out that of the teams that are in Omaha in the postseason, I think Auburn has, I think it's like they're either number one or number two in the least percentage of runs they've given up in the postseason been unearned. And then um, they've taken advantage of unearned runs a, a decent bit as well. I think they're second most in where they have that. So it's just like, 
Auburn's ability to play good defense and take advantage of poor defense by the other other team has made a made a really big made a really big difference here in the postseason. Yeah, so we we will uh, continue to talk about that. We'd love your thoughts on anything going on in the uh, in the world of sports. The U.S. Open going on at the Country Club in uh, Brookline, and you know we haven't talked an awful lot about it. I will be honest with you. I'm not familiar with an awful lot of guys there at the top, except for Rory McIlroy. I was going to say, Rory was the odds-on favorite coming in after the way he's And, uh, he's, and he's one late. shot off the lead right now behind Canadian Adam Hadwin, mm-hmm. hey. who is who is four under through ten. You have a, a group of uh, four or five at three under, and yes, I don't know who they are except for Rory McIlroy. Callum Taron, uh, let's see, Callum Taron. No, I mean, I, I can yeah. read their names, yeah, yeah. David, but I can't David, tell you anything. Joel Dahman I can recognize, and then Matthew Fitzpatrick's had a few good some makers. More, some more familiar names when you get to two under and one under because you got Justin Thomas. Yeah, but you uh, go through a few others. That, yes. Oh, I know. But, ju- no, but Justin that's Thomas. The way it is, that's the way it is at a lot of... A lot of tournaments, especially you got an amateur open. still under par. Right yeah, J- Justin, Ra- just uh, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, uh, uh, Colin Morikawa, Adam Scott, uh, Zalatoris is in that mix. I mean, so th- there are some some names still under par of the some of the more familiar names in the uh, in the field. Uh, Tony Finau's at at even par. Matt Matsuyama's at even par. Uh, Dustin Johnson's at even par. So some Patrick Reed's at even par. So there are just some... wanted to just want to throw this one out there as well. Uh, Phil Mickelson five over through eleven. Yeah, he he, he, he uh... is currently tied for one twenty fifth. I know a lot of people were going to keep their eyes on him this weekend after after the whole uh, well, I think the Saudi most, tournament, I think Saudi the, tour thing. The most interesting thing to me with Phil Mickelson would be if he had been in the hunt on Saturday and Sunday. What that how, would be like? How much of the television coverage acknowledges what else has been going on with Phil Mickelson? Well, there lately? was a lot of talk about it earlier. Like I, yeah, I, I wonder, was. like if, you, but especially I think if it were Saturday and Sunday at the U.S. Open, like how much of the television coverage do you dedicate to discussion of other things? Yeah. If Phil Mickelson is in the hunt, doesn't look like that's going well, to be an issue. Well, and even the tournament he played last week, he was terrible in. Yeah, um, he d- didn't didn't start the LIV. Is it LIV or Live? Do, okay, do, so I looked this uh, up. Anyone, I looked anyone? this up. LIV is the reference to the Roman numerals fifty-four. Okay. I don't know do why. It, do we call it 54? It, technically, 54 I tour? guess. I don't know. Tour? Live makes sense. I don't, sense. Hate, I don't that, hate 54 tour. Yeah, that, that makes me think. That makes me think they play 54 holes? They yeah. play 54 holes. That's right. That and, right. it's, and they were like, if you birdie every hole in a par 72, you finish with 54. Well, you know, something that never happens. Um, but, yes, uh, technically it's, it stands for 54. Okay. They Which play is 70, better. They, in, wait, but they play 72 holes. No, they play. They, it's a three-round tournament. Oh, they play 54. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and then they have the weird team element. Okay, the fifty-four tour. I don't. I don't hate that. But I wonder how much. I wonder how no. much discussion of that there would be during the U.S. Open broadcast if Phil. Nicholson, uh, they were talking to somebody today with, uh, about it. Yeah, if, if Phil had been in contention, when it first came on. That, but, that's what I heard. But it doesn't seem like Phil's going to be in contention. At, you know, based on uh, returns on the first day, so maybe that won't be as much of an issue. Uh, my uh, my buddy, the uh, Bruin uh, Patrick Cantlay, is too over par. They talked to on the broadcast. They talked to Curtis Strange, who won. The who won the Open the last time it was at the Country Club, and they asked. I think Tariko asked him about what he felt about all that, and he said, "I would. I'll just. I'll just point to what John Rahm and Roy McIlroy said about it this week, um, which I think is a line that a lot of people are taking, uh, and they're. Pre- <laughs> I think a lot this of people is- are pretty glad in golf are pretty glad that those were the guys who were able to make that statement. Say, oh, we'll just point to those. Well, the U.S. Open is the tour or one of the tours going forward where you could have interaction between 
the golfers that defected to the 54 yes. tour and the golfers who stayed yes. on the PGA tour. Three of the majors, yeah. Because you have Sergio and uh, DeChambeau and you know some of those uh, so, some of the guys that that made the did. did Bryson made the jump, didn't he? Bryson, yes. Bryson's yeah, one Bryson made the jump. Made uh, the Dustin jump. Johnson being Pat, the big one. Patrick Reed. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, some of the guys that some of the high-profile guys that that yep. made the jump are in the field. And then some, and then this some, weekend. and then some interesting guys that you wouldn't have thought that are like you know either later in their careers or like is it, is it Louis who stays in the over? I would, I would think it's more likely. Yeah, that those guys would. And then they've got some bunch of random kids, like and like and like low level golfers that are what? just getting a quick payday. Which I wonder sense. what Tiger Woods would have done. The the, the car accident. Well, the car you, accident disrupted the plans, right? The, they were well, going no. To, uh, I heard they were going. They made. They were going to make a big offer had he not. Been oh yeah, it's going to be like two fifty. Had he had he not been in the the, they the, offered, the, the truck accident, they offered him. They offered him over a billion to come yeah. over. Mm. But and I think he but, said no. But I think, the, I think which it, is wild. Yeah. But Tiger's already a billionaire. That's what John Rahm was talking about earlier in the week. He was like, the money that they were given. This is how crazy golf is. The money that they had offered the, for him on the, the Saudi tour. He was like, he's like, yeah, I can take that money. That doesn't materially change my life that much money because you've already made so much as a, as a professional golfer at this point. So it is so wild. But yeah, apparently. Um, one of their guys on the record said that like they had offered over a billion to get Tiger to come over, even if it was like, well, you know, you're not Tiger Woods anymore, or we know you're not at the. Yeah, at but the his peak name of- is still Tiger Woods, right? I mean, heck, they they're they're for, they're for still some, they're still lugging around some guys trying for, to. For some reason, I thought that the automobile accident disrupted the timeline there, where he would have because he he would have needed to play all of the events this year, yeah, and physically that would have been pretty demanding for him coming off of the of the accident and so maybe part of the reason he didn't want to do it was be, because of the you know be, because the accident would have been, like that's that's I, I know that there was something involving the timeline where but he yeah, I mean the offers that the offer the, was that. the offers that the 54 tour is making are, are bonkers and it, you know I mean you'll know this though it kind of strikes me because it's very similar to a lot like what um what this what the Saudi government's done with uh with wrestling yes. and it's like we'll just bring in the people we know Right, we'll we'll give these big money deals to like these guys who were famous back in the day because that's what we know. And it's like, you know, Tiger's Tiger, obviously, but I think Phil and some of these Sergio and some of these guys are like past their prime at this point. But you know, we we need to take a break. Yep, we are uh, running behind. We'd love for you to join in again. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Auburn has a new track and field coach. We'll talk about that. Uh, anything that you'd like to uh, chime in with, come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. And we mentioned uh, Auburn uh, announcing the replacement for Ralph Spry as track and field coach and a very proven, prominent name in track and field, Leroy Burrell, who a a former um, world champion in the 100 meters. He and, and Carl Lewis... 
were back and forth as the best sprinters and long jumpers. Uh, Houston, I mean, uh, Leroy uh, went to Houston. I think he was actually recruited to Houston by Carl Lewis. Mm -hmm. And Carl Lewis and he are very, very good friends. They were competitors and great friends. Uh, I pointed this out. Whenever you can put Carl Lewis a quote from Carl Lewis in your press release, yeah, it's not it's bad. Pretty impressive. Not bad at all. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, so he, uh, he was he spent twenty three seasons. Right, the at, last twenty three years as, at his what alma mater. I'm, what I'm learning is that track coaches stay forever. Like <laughs> you, Ralph Spry was there for a long time. Houston, but I mean, I think that I think that's the case for a lot of places, right? He won, won the gold oh, medal. Yeah. Won the gold medal as one fourth of the. Uh, a relay, the, the, of the, the relay, yeah, relay right? four hundred relay in nineteen ninety two Barcelona uh, with uh, Carl Lewis, uh, Mike Marsh, and Dennis Mitchell. You're a little too young for this, Justin. Uh, the nineteen ninety two uh, Olympics in Barcelona were a catastrophic failure for America in a lot of places. Not so much uh, the Dream Team. That was uh, the, the <laughs> Dream Team worked out, but there were a lot of other events where, where you know we were expected to. Yeah, well, that was a year well, before I was born. Well, I think. Well, when, when was Dan and Dave? Was that was that eighty eight? And then, and because it, it was that was when they they pinned all their hopes. Yeah, I think so. you know, Are you familiar with Dan and Dave? No. Dan and Dave was this. Uh, th so was eighty eight in Seoul. That that was a, a push by I think it was Reebok who centered their Olympic promotion around two decathletes who were going to compete. Oh yeah, they were going to compete to to win the gold medal, and I think one of them didn't qualify. For the actual, like they mm -hmm. they spent like a lot of promotion for these two guys. And one of them didn't qualify. It's so funny. And then the other one finished could, like seventh or eighth. It's so funny that in this day and age, people looking back and be like, a decathlete? Yeah. Yes. Well, like, it, it, it didn't seem like a great idea at the time either. Like it seems like a bad idea looking back. Because like the only like the only decathlete I can think of was like Bruce Jenner, right? Like when yes, and yeah, I think they, he, they they were thinking maybe they yep. could recapture some mm -hmm. of that uh, Makes you know, sense. Bruce Jenner mania a generation later. But in I the did, meantime, you had some I track and field games. Yeah, you watch it from time to time, like you're in the Olympics, and it'll be like, all right, this is event seven, and like the American did this, and it's just like, all right, we'll check back in later. And it's it's crazy to think because I think I don't know when this was the case, but I think the the shift in. Um, in what we give our attention to the Olympics. Now it's basically the Summer Olympics are, are basically swimming and gymnastics and basketball. Um, and then you have the track, track wraps it up basically. I just, it, it's, it's kind of funny, uh, <laughs> to think about an age where the decathlon was something I, that people yeah, were going to pin their hopes and dreams on. Anyway, coach, yeah, coach Burrell, um, uh, with, um, 41 conference championships. Uh, over 150 All-Americans. Yeah, no, a, a tremendous hire for uh, for Auburn, a, a guy who is incredibly accomplished in the world of track and field, takes over uh, for Coach Spry, who just ended a very lengthy tenure in his own right uh, as, as, you know, a, a generation as, the, uh, as the, the head coach of the Auburn track and field team. And now uh, Coach Burrell takes over uh, with the, uh, uh, at, at the helm. So, I mean, a, a very impressive, impressive. hire by, uh, by Alan Green at Auburn there to uh, to replace Ralph Spry. We uh, need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in again the number 334-321-1390 as we continue here on the Thursday Drive.
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Taking your calls, questions, comments, 334-321-1390. Justin, you were talking a little bit about, uh, you you mentioned um, basketball with uh, Jabari Smith and the NBA draft coming up uh, as as we're a week away from that. Auburn basketball, just about everybody, uh, I guess Treor is the only one who's who's not here working out. Here, right? yeah. yeah, went to practice yesterday. Um, they are they are starting their preparations for the Israel tour, mm-hmm. and so this is part of the practices to get for it. So got the kind of the first look at that new roster. But yeah, uh, Treor is supposed to supposed to arrive here very soon. Uh, just not on campus. Uh, initial yet. impressions of uh, newcomers. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Janai Broom's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot to his game that I've seen, you know, on film, and then you got to see it out in practice. Got a lot of Kessler to him on the defensive end, where he's he's as good of a help blocker and defender and rim protector than he is on the ball. Um, got really good post moves. I really really liked him. the 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 thing I'm going to be really interested to see moving forward is Jalen Williams. And Alan Flanagan, as the senior leaders of the team, how they evolve, how do they? I tell you, just going through practice uh, the other day, Jalen Williams, man, there were some, there were some shots and there were some plays that he was making. It was really, really impressive. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I just think with more playing time, he could really, really shine. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Troyor gets in and how that affects right. what they, what they think. But really, really interesting crew. And then the newcomers, uh, uh, you've got a uh, uh, chance, uh, chance Westry. He looks really, really good, really fluid. And then uh, Trey Donaldson is going to be a f- – I think Auburn fans are really going to like watching Trey Donaldson kind of grow and evolve uh, as a point guard at Auburn. When we uh, – the last time we talked to Sonny Smith, uh, he said something about Jalen Williams that, that stayed with me because I've heard it about other athletes before where Sonny said, and I don't want to misquote him, but it was, it was something along the lines of Jalen Williams is so good – that often, like he's trying hard. That often you you can think that he's that he's uh, sleepwalking or, or yep. he's loafing. I think was the word that that Sonny used, and you can't tell smooth, if it's sometimes smooth guys. I think of JD like Drew. That. I immediately think of JD Drew, who was someone who was often accused of that by his coaches. And it's like, no, he's just you know the things that other guys have to you know things that require a lot of obvious effort from other people yeah. can be done by athletes like this. He's got uh, yeah, he's very smooth. And and that's um yeah, I'm just I'm really interested to see Jalen Williams's development into. Uh, somebody who is, I mean, th- this is the biggest role he's ever had uh, going into a season right. since he got to Auburn. And there's an expectation, even with Treor and, uh, yeah. and, and, and Broom, uh, that there's, there's going to be a lot of, uh, of minutes and opportunities oh. for, for Jalen Williams sort of as the center. And you mentioned Alan Flanagan. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, the thing there with, with Williams, I've said it before, in college basketball, you have to come with, in your four and your five spot, you got to come up with 80 minutes of, of, uh, of basketball. And the thing about big guys is they usually don't play 30 minutes plus in a game. It's just, it, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to, hard to have. So even if a guy like Jalen Williams isn't a starter, you know, quote unquote, he's a guy that I think is going to play a lot. And uh, be a key contributor. I think we saw this last season when Wendell Green wasn't necessarily a starter, 
but yet he was one of the most important players on the team. You might have that. I, I will say, though, if I like was just picking it right now, I would imagine that Jalen starts in the year and then you know, Trey or off the bench, and then I think you might see how that evolves uh, moving forward. It'll be yeah. very interesting to see. Well, I, I just I just wonder, I mean, as, as much of a point as Bruce made of this being Jalen's team, mm-hmm. you know, last yep. year down the stretch. Yep. And the other thing I'll be interested in seeing is, is, uh, is Wendell Green. Um, I think a lot of people think, you know, obviously he was he was the key guy on offense last year, getting everything going. Is he somebody who can step up as a starter if that happens? Is Zepp uh, a guy that you bring off the bench, or is Katie Johnson a guy you bring off the bench? I think either option is is it's just going to be a really flexible, a really, really fluid team. And watching them early on in practice, trying to get to kind of know each other and and learn kind of some of the system, I thought was pretty fun. But yeah, really impressed with Jani Broom because I mean he's gonna he's gonna give. Not to the same level because he's not as tall as him, but I think he's going to have a very similar Kessler-like impact in terms of being a rim protector and a defender. I think he's uh, better offensively. And he's a better – yeah, I think it, it, you, he's a guy you can dump it down to, and Auburn's going to be able to play a, lo- a lot more on the inside game this year because it, of that. It, it seems like we've we've entered into – you know the, the blueprint is there every single year for this basketball team of you know they're going to be in it for top high school players – we're gonna yeah, see number de- four player just visited recently. We're, we're gonna see who decides to come back from the previous year's team, and then you fill in gaps as right. best you can in the transfer portal. It's not just Auburn's blueprint. A couple of the teams that see themselves as uh, would either that, that either are or would like to be perennial SEC conference championship contenders in men's basketball are yep. doing the same thing right now including Alabama including Arkansas. Alabama and Arkansas and Tennessee, Tennessee and Kentucky who you know it's it's really you could say maybe it's the Calipari blueprint you know he's, he's the one who who you know was the first one to have a ton of success mm-hmm. trying to do this before everybody else especially the emphasis on getting the top players and maybe you know figuring out who from your you know who from last year's team needs to uh needs to come back but th- this year's team I mean, we'll we'll see the results when they're on the floor, but I mean the, the potential is there for another really special basketball season. Absolutely, they're going to be different. They're going to be different. I think it's I think it's because you don't have Jabari Smith and you don't have Walker Kessler. It's going to take them maybe a little bit longer because they were so good from the from the jump last year. Really, after that UConn game, you know they won nineteen in a row. But like from that UConn game, they really took off. It might be something where they kind of take a little bit longer to get going. I think the non-con schedule is tougher. Um, even though the, the, the tournament they're going to is, is not. Uh, and then also the news today, uh, West Virginia, uh, Auburn going, yeah, to, Auburn going to West Virginia. Big Club Challenge. Uh, all the, all West Virginia teams. is a fascinating team this year. They had a losing season last year, fell apart in Big 12 play, didn't make the tournament, obviously. Um, they hit the transfer portal really hard. I think they got five guys in the portal this offseason, including a guy who left and came back uh, uh, for them and that they expect to be a key player. And, you know, it's West Virginia. They've got a pretty proud basketball heritage. Bob Huggins is still Bob Huggins, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see what the Mountaineers look like this year. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a that, fun that, it's a that, fun that, game. That would be a great one, and it's there. Yes, um, it's that, that, that'd be a great one to uh, to be there, or at least to be involved in the uh, the press conferences with both those guys. Oh, I was sure. Huggy Bear and, and Bruce. I I've was, never and I've never been to West Virginia. If I could if I could make it up there, that'd be a whole lot of fun because you know West Virginia really cares about basketball. I'm told um, you. I'm told the best way to get there is fly to Pittsburgh. And make the that makes uh, and, sense and, and make and make that the drive. Did, yeah. But I, I was part of a group that nearly when Auburn played at West Virginia in football. That was a Thursday night. On a though. Thursday night, yeah. two thousand eight yeah. and two thousand eight. Uh, the the la- one of Tuberville's last last games. Um, he uh, I, we we were part of a group that 
considered and then backed out of that like, going convoy. Was that one like Steve Slayton ran for like 9 yep. million 14, yards? 14 nothing lead for an Auburn team that had been struggling uh, to that point in the season, especially offensively. They went out to a 14 nothing lead. And Oregon and, and uh, West Virginia, I think, it was thirty thirty one to three from that point on. Maybe and then next year, and then the next year in the in the rain game, uh, mm-hmm. yep. Auburn makes the wild comeback and and uh, ends up winning that one. That's right. Pat White is a senior in uh, in, yes. in two thousand eight. One of the group that was thinking about going knew him in high school. As right, a, uh, Mobile. As, yeah, Mo- Mobile. Pat Mobile White, Indiana. Steve Slayton, and then Noel, that Noel Devine. Noel Devine. Noel Devine. And that next year in the 09 game, I remember from writing the story on it, uh, they try multiple quarterbacks out during that during that game. Gino, one of them? And Gino, and Gino get, comes in late. Gino I remember Smith? that. Because... Yep. Uh, People thought it was uh, it was an example. There's been other times of this. Uh, Tebow had a guy like this behind him, Brantley, where it's you have this, Brantley, yeah. well, you have the, you have the quarterback who's the sensational athlete, and mm-hmm. and the guy behind him who's the uh, who was a, a more highly regarded passer coming out of high school. And people say, well, wait till the wait till the passer takes over, and you know things are going to explode. It happened with with Pat White, where people wanted to see yeah, when do you see the more the, you know the the, the prototype passer. <laughs> uh, it, it, it happened here, didn't it? Nick Marshall and Nick Jeremy Marshall Johnson. And Jer- it yeah. happened with Nick Marshall and Jeremy Johnson. <laughs> definitely happened. That's what, I, that's was, what I, was, I was sitting there going what I was in my head. Yeah. I was like, yeah, uh-huh. I remember that one. I was going to round my way to, to Nick Marshall and Jeremy. But Tebow <laughs> T- 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 and Brantley was another example of that. But that's Didn't really have that with, that. Didn't, I mean, and I was a kid with this. Happened. Didn't really have that with Jason Campbell and Brandon Cox, although there was that element of like, well, right. we need to go ahead and give it to that guy. But obviously, Campbell was right. great. We, had, great we, asked, we asked Borges about that. We talked to him, and he mm-hmm. said, uh, maybe they, maybe externally there was a... Maybe he was, was, I mean, that was a very quick no. Yeah, he'd heard like he'd been asked that question uh, before. So, but getting back to, to Auburn basketball, which started this sort of West Virginia uh, memory lane trip, this is the seventh basketball game we know about from the uh, from, from the, or the the seventh yes. one seventh one on the schedule non con yeah uh, we know that uh, we know Auburn's going to uh, Washington uh, we know they're going to USC you going to try to make that trip uh, what West Coast at the uh, at the end of the year I would love to that, if it wouldn't be nine million dollars it's going to be we'll yeah, see. You, you better book it now well yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking <laughs> the trip we'll see. That. We'll it's, see. That, it's, uh, yeah they're going to if Auburn can parlay that okay so I'm thinking about this in my head football uh, well so bowl game right. Las Vegas Bowl back on the schedule this year for the SEC. That's a pre-Christmas bowl. If you could kind of do that, that like kind of hit, kind of hit the West Coast, Vegas, and then back over, yeah. you might be able I to mean, pull that off. You know, SC's worth the trip too. If you can only go to one of them, you know what I mean. Like see, see, Auburn, Auburn, I have had, never, Auburn had SC I have and never been to Seattle, and I've always wanted to go. That's a, that's a cool, it's a cool city too. I've only been yeah. there for a weekend, but uh, the Galen Center, the Galen Center is gorgeous. One a new yeah. new arena that uh, that your newish arena that USC plays. So yeah, you, you mentioned those West Virginia has three. Uh, uh, they got George Mason. Yep. Uh, they got South Florida. Yep. Uh, they've got um, St. Louis. They've got St. Louis. Uh, they've got Liberty, or no? That's uh, Liberty or Northwestern is on the is in the in the tournament. Yes. Uh, so it's uh, and Bradley is the Bradley game is the, the game here. There now there hasn't been announced, but Auburn will. It's expected Auburn's going to go to App State uh, this year. It's supposed play to be. That's supposed to be settled. Yeah. So we're we're kind of running out of, out yes. of conference. Games, Only got right? a co- and, I think there's two or three slots. Left. Yeah. So a couple couple slots left for uh, for for Auburn. A lot of road games. I would expect a Sun Belt team. Uh, maybe just because Auburn it'll be is, interesting to see if Auburn plays a game back in Birmingham this year. If they go play a game in Atlanta again, I know they like doing either of those, especially the Atlanta one. I told you my pitch for the Atlanta idea is go to Georgia State. Georgia yeah. State's opening their new arena this fall, and if you wanted to go uh, pop into their schedule, I'm sure there'd be I'm, I'm sure there'd be a lot of Auburn fans, you know, happy happy to see Auburn playing a uh, playing a game. In and the, I know people new, desperately, right and I know it. people desperately want them to pick up UAB again. Sure. So, so there's a couple of games left on the uh, on the out of conference schedule, but you know, th- things filling up for a week tournament 
for a week multi-team event that they're playing in in the Cancun Challenge, I think the rest of that schedule is going to hold up pretty well. Oh, sure. And Andy Enfield and, no, and Bruce I Pearl. Think so too. Andy Enfield and Bruce Pearl run similar systems. Mm-hmm. And if, if almost both, played each other last if year. If almost played each other, had USC beaten Miami in the first round of the, uh, in the NCAAs. That last shot almost went in. That's right. Had, you know, we, we almost got that matchup. And, and if these two teams face off, um, and they're both good, and USC has another team that, you know, it seems like year in and year out yeah. now, the, the, the recruiting is, is picked up and Andy Enfield, hard to believe he's been there a decade. Now since the Florida Gulf Coast, mm. uh, wow! I, I think it's, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're coming. Up, I think we're coming. And up. he sh- and he started slow there. If I remember yes, he did. correctly, yeah, there were people were like, oh, oh they weren't happy. They yeah. weren't they, happy. They were also they were also buried deep yes. when he got there. That yes. was that was a program in in dire straits when when Andy they had NCAA field. stuff, didn't they? They had NCAA stuff. They had coaches. Uh, when they related pick, to. Are they related to OJ Mayo? They had coaches picking fights yeah. uh, at, at uh, booster uh, things and Pac-12 events. Uh, co- more than one coach. This happened a couple different guys. So yeah. it was a mess. And uh, Andy Enfield has righted the ship and turned that into uh, a program that is, you know, everything everything but a Final Four, you know, to, to be right. you know, yeah. a, a college basketball powerhouse. And that's the thing when you say USC should be good at everything. And why not men's basketball? West, like a West Coast Notre Dame in, you yes, know, in, very, in, in a lot of true. ways. And, uh, and, and Stanford has that for the for the non-revenue sports, <clears throat> but it's USC. Like, you know, you should you should be good at everything. And I think that if both of those teams are good, uh, Bruce Pearl versus Andy Enfield oh, matchup for could sure. be. I mean, you could see 200 points. And if West Virginia's and if and if West Virginia's good, that's that's mm-hmm. always a fun game. Oh, yeah. A good West Virginia under Bob Huggins is a whole lot of fun. Sure. So, so the basketball schedule taking shape as uh, as we find out more about this. Uh, that we didn't really mention it. It seems seems less and less likely Auburn's going to try to fill the scholarship, right? I mean, yeah, just, done. I mean that, that, that's that's the they're already practicing. I feel like, I feel yeah. like it's 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 probably done. But and but the uh, uh, the NBA draft a week from now. Oh, by the way, got to see uh, got to see uh, the younger Harper. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Jalen. Mm-hmm. Got to see Jalen Harper, the incoming yeah. uh, also incoming also want to point out. For Always the fir- been a good shooter for the first time. For the first time in a while, it's been a minute. Auburn's got a walk on that's big. They got a six ten kid who's walking on now. That was one of the things last year is that they had to kind of lean on stretch and and some of these guys to um or, you know a lot of times when they ran the scout team they just did not have a big man to um you know really go up against. That's what stretch did a lot of. For him, but they have a uh, they have a walk on. I believe who is six ten, and uh, yeah, uh, going to give you some size for the scout hmm. team, which is something they did not have last year. Outside of like whenever they put stretch out there, we will uh, we'll get to our final break. We'll run down the entire um, SEC Big Twelve Challenge matchups and more. Love love for you to join in as we continue here on the Thursday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of hour number one of the Thursday Drive. Bill and Dan uh, joined by Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Drew at the controls, and you can join in as well. Give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. We were talking about, yes, Auburn, West Virginia. Auburn at West Virginia in the uh, uh, SEC Big 12, or is it the Big 12 SEC Challenge? Whatever. 
Um, the SEC's won it more often. I think you can give them the first it's, building. It's, it's been really, really close. Year in, mm-hmm. year out. The winning, I mean, it's it's really close. Last year's winner should get their name first. That's yeah. how it should go. Well, so the like, SEC won it last year. Yeah, so, so. it's the SEC Big 12 yeah. challenge. Because, because I think the Big 12 like the Florida Georgia the game before. is whatever, right. what, whoever won recently. That's yeah. how I would do it. All right, well, here, here are your uh, matchups. For the uh, for the big uh, for, for the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, Arkansas is at Baylor. Yes, uh, Kansas and Kentucky always play. Always. So it's Arkansas Kansas Baylor, at Kentucky this Arkansas year. Baylor played in the tournament this past year. Was that was that uh, or was it no Baylor no. got Baylor no. got beat by Carolina yeah, the year yeah. before? I think I think our, I think on the way to uh, or maybe they almost did. But they, no, I, feel like they, I think. Feels like feels no, like a matchup we got. Arkansas there. lost to Houston. Arkansas, yeah, that's right. But they were, I think there was also did they get in Gonzaga at some point? Was there was there an Arkansas Gonzaga match? That was this year. That was this year. Okay, that, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So Arkansas at Baylor, Kansas at Kentucky, Tennessee will be hosting Texas, as you mentioned the uh, the Rick Barnes the the uh, return trip from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Mississippi State will be hosting TCU. Sure. Uh, Al- yeah, Alabama goes to Oklahoma. That'll be fun. Uh, so a lot of red. Uh, Auburn at West Virginia. Ole Miss goes to Oklahoma State. Hmm. Baylor That's an beat interesting matchup. Baylor, uh-huh. Baylor beat Arkansas in the Elite Eight in last year's NCAA tournament to get to the uh, fun, in, in route to their national championship. They, they, o- they, Oklahoma State, really cool arena. Baylor beat basketball. Arkansas. Yeah, Baylor beat Arkansas to yep. get to the uh, to get to the uh, to the national championship a year ago. That, That's the game I was thinking. Okay. Of. Yeah. All right. Uh, Florida is at Kansas State. Missouri gets to host Iowa State. Florida Kansas State is a weird game. It is. Uh, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how they do these. I mean, do they try to is see it by finish? Them? Is it by last year's finish? No, uh, no, it's, no, no, it's, it's all mixed up. It seems like it should. You know, it seems yeah. like it should be either that or one, one, your projections one to 10, yeah. for this year, or because but then they take, have to do it every two years. Yeah, because they they take the top ten teams every two years from the SEC. They should, they should just do it with ping pong balls and and, and do it on TV. They're gonna always uh, do. They, they're they, always they gonna do Kansas. They're Kentucky. always gonna do Kansas Kentucky. Okay, then Kansas Kentucky is always set, and then you do all the rest with ping pong balls. You know, you do it like the old NBA draft lottery or something, or like they or no. I did the draft lottery, the actual lottery. Remember they used to they, the ball oh, yeah. get sucked out of the tube, and they they'll they'll I tell you the numbers that way. I appreciate though that Auburn is. Getting a bunch of different teams. Like they've played Iowa State in this. They played TCU. They played Baylor. Uh, they played Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah. um, I, pre- I I do appreciate that they are. They're about to play West Virginia. I do appreciate they get kind of a mixture. Yeah, I, th- I think it's good. I mean, who needs? I don't. I don't Florida care about Kansas having State though. Is a really visits. weird game yeah. though. Um, but I don't know how many natural opponents Florida has in the Big Twelve either. Like Florida Kansas well, State's a weird game, but Florida anybody in that conference is kind of weird. Florida right? Oklahoma would be cool. But then you're giving Alabama, Kansas State. I just, Kansas State's just a weird team for everybody. And, for ca- and how many natural opponents does Kansas State have? In the because SEC you're about because you're about to because you're about to mention another team that was also a weird is a weird team for everybody. The um, Iowa State, Missouri. Yep. At least they're close. At least yeah. they're close. Yeah. I mean that that one seems like oh that's not that abnormal. See, and then the final one is Texas Tech goes to Baton Rouge. Ooh. And, That'd be fun. And, see, yeah, I think, and I think part I think randomness is also part of the fun in a conference yeah. challenge too, because it's like, why else would that team ever go to? Can they use this to f- Texas or Gainesville, Florida? Oh, or something again, like that? they should use this now. Now that it's not going to happen anymore because they're moving, but they should use this thing to force Texas, Texas A uh, and M every year, and then they should have used this to force Kansas, Missouri. But uh, does Kansas, Missouri still play? 
somewhat recently? Like, do they? I don't think so. Basketball? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. And that's the big rivalry. Yeah, I don't like, think that's, so. That's yeah, the border wars. There's, some, his, there's some history there. Ooh, yeah. Like, not, actu- not, like actual yeah. literal history. Not talking right. about sports. Yeah. yeah. All right, we, uh, we're halfway done here on the Thursday Drive. Hope you'll join us for hour number two, which is coming up. W294AR Auburn, WGCCHD3 Waverly, Auburn Opelika's sports leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here in the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com to find out more. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments, anything on your mind sports-wise on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Um, Justin uh, Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, as we mentioned here with us for the Thursday show. Justin, before we get into things, just uh, uh, some more discussions. We'll get into some football recruiting going on. It's a big time for that. Obviously, baseball is out in Omaha. There is, oh, you know what we missed? What's that? I, I completely, I completely blanked on this. We, we probably could have run the, uh, the press conference. From Butch Thompson just yeah. a little bit ago. Yeah, might, we were might, just we might were just have some talking time. On. Might might have some time though. You know, we, okay, we can, well, it we was can going on live. Yeah, but we'll, while, we'll run while it. We were on the first we, hour. We, we can't vouch for the audio quality. I've got, something the, live, I've though. got we'll get the access code to it. But we'll we'll, we'll see. If, it completely slipped my mind. Yeah, that's that's all. I mean, we, we can maybe run some of it tomorrow, yeah. and we'll have the Sunny Deshera interview tomorrow as well. Our own Riley Hubbard is going to talk with uh, with with, with Sunny Deshera. The have you have you been following the World Cup? Thing at all? I know that announcement's so I, going on. So, so I, I was. Do you know what's going on right now? I was going to mention. I have, have no idea. So the U.S. I, I have no interest. So the so the joint so the joint World Cup bid the 2028 or sorry 2026. Yes. Yeah, World 26. Cup is going to be a joint bid from North America. It's going to be the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. All all are going to host. They just announced all the host cities. Oh, is and, that what I just that that yeah. was that was the uh, that yeah. was the text I just yeah. got. And okay. uh, Atlanta is going to host a World Cup game. So. 
Oh, they they have, have they decided on um, anything beyond host? So these are just the host cities. We don't know where those the championships because th- there will be a reveal of who will host the what? semifinals and the championship as well, which will probably be in three different places. So now the question is for the cities that made the cut: who will who host? Gets what? Who hosts the semifinals? So, who hosts the championship? That will be revealed at a later date. But Atlanta, with a highly regarded stadium for soccer, yeah, I, I think is is absolutely in the mix to maybe host one of the semifinals or even the World Cup championship in 2026. This is so the host cities. The host cities are Toronto, Vancouver. Uh, Mexico gets Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Monterey. The 11 American cities, New York, New Jersey, they're going to play it at MetLife. Uh, L.A., Dallas, Atlanta, Philly, Seattle, San Francisco, Houston, Miami, Kansas City, and Boston will all host. Uh, Chicago pulled out, and no uh, no D- D.C. DC. No D.C. or Baltimore. D.C. and Baltimore were both on the list of, yeah. uh, I believe there were 16 markets uh, to, that, that got uh, got trimmed down yeah, to Yeah, looking 12. at this, I, I would imagine MetLife's going to be a pretty big one uh, to try to host a final, maybe. L.A., you've got some history there with the with the, the World Cup. The World 90, Cup. 94 World Cup championship, I believe, was held at the Rose Bowl. Yes, at the Rose Bowl. So, like, there's going to be, there'll be some nostalgia there. But, no, I, I think... I think Atlanta's got a really good chance to at least host uh, a knockout game uh, for sure, which would be. And that's the thing. It's like I don't care if the U.S. are there or not. That would just be really cool to go <laughs> drive an hour and a half yeah, up no the kidding. road to go to a World Cup. Um, and I mean, you know, it's it is really it's really good. Cool. I I was a little I was a very little kid, um, but I lived in Atlanta when they had the Olympics. I know that had to be like I, I wish I was older, you know, for that and just kind of. You know, kind of. Wow, you know what experience the panic that everybody had. Well, yeah, but. Um, <laughs> There is we, a picture. We were we were loading up and getting in the car to go to go when the bombing. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And we went on. Uh, there's a picture of me. There's a picture of me and my brother at Centennial Park wearing like the Olympic stuff uh, when we were little, and uh, it was well before <laughs> what ended up happening. But you know, it's. I think was it Columbus hosted uh, hosted softball. Athens, yeah, they, Athens had yes. stuff too. Uh, Birmingham had stuff. Uh, Birmingham yeah. had soccer, if I remember yes. correctly. Did, did they do anything in Auburn for the for the? Uh, the no. Okay, like they they could have now. You know, if they, if they if it happened again, if Atlanta were to host again, maybe they'd you know maybe, maybe uh, they'd, uh, team, cool. there was a team that there was a team that trained here. That's right, a handball yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's but, really cool. So that yeah, so the World Cup reveal just happening in the last few minutes uh, for the 2026 World Cup. Uh, you if. If they weren't playing the World Cup on the surface of the sun this year, it would be going on like very soon, right? right? There would be a World Cup happening right now. Uh, it would be happening right now. This is the yep. normal time for the uh, for the World Cup every four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you do you know the uh, that because so the World Cup is in Qatar, Qatar later this year, because, but because it's in the be- Middle East, because yeah, it's, it's not safe to do the World Cup in June and July for heat reasons. So they're holding the World in Cup. November. They're going to hold the World Cup during American football season later this year because it, I guess I mean it's it's and it is safer temperature wise. It's just a question. So famously maybe, this you know, year, famously uh, this year, it's going to be Thanksgiving on Thursday, uh, Black Friday, U.S. versus England in a in a group stage match at the World Cup, and then Saturday is rivalry weekend in college football. At, at least most of because at least for for my personal attention and they're and they're keeping their. 
they're playing them all real quick too because uh, they just re- revealed like the Premier League schedule this year, and so it's like, hey, you got to get done by you got to get done by this in this certain window because we got to get back to playing the regular stuff. If the, if the regular season of the college, if regular season of college football is finished, I might be able to pay more attention to the World Cup than I would be if they were trying to do it like right in the heart of the college football season. The fact that it'll yeah. be, a lot of it'll be done you know after, but it still won't feel like the World Cup. It in won't, November December. It, su- it sucks that way because it's going to be like that. And then when the World Cup comes here, it's a bigger field. It's going to be watered down a little bit. Like it's just FIFA continues to try to take the most money that they can, and which kind of lines up with everything that they're about. But yeah, Atlanta, yeah, having a World Cup uh, match or well, several matches probably right up the road. And yeah, may- maybe cool. maybe in the uh, maybe in the mix for the uh, for, for the uh, championship. Speaking of championships. A lot of eyes going to be on Omaha, Nebraska this weekend. College baseball, Auburn, one of the teams in the field. Wide one open of, field. Yeah, one of more than half of the SEC West. Yeah. What, that's I, in the field. A, and, a field without, despite, I mean. And yeah. two more teams that are about to be in the SEC. Right. Yes, Stanford is the number two seed. And Texas A&M has played, throughout the end of the regular season, we were talking about how well Texas A&M, A&M has hadn't played. lost yet, have they? A&M is, uh, I mean, they're ablaze at, at the moment. And it's amazing because they were, I mean, Auburn won a series in College Station earlier this year. That's this was right. not a Texas A&M team that was playing well uh, through through much of the first half of conference play. And then they, they figured it out. But this this feels wide open. I mean, it really does. I mean, it, it's there's not a... Solid projections, solid projections to win it all. Uh, and the percentage wise, and I think the leader had fifteen percent. It's like it's like it's well, it's, yeah. It, I mean, if Tennessee, like between fifteen if and nine percent, yeah. they would be the overwhelming favorite. I mean, you've got Stanford as the number two, like like Dan was saying, Stanford's the number two national seed, but they haven't looked, you know, unbeatable. No. So I mean, whoever whoever else to UConn, yeah, whoever is playing, you know, whoever plays well. Uh, any, I think anybody's got a chance. I th- it's it's wide open, which uh, again, as I've said throughout, you know, the last few weeks when it comes to Auburn baseball, the fact that they have played and beaten some of the best in the country means they're going to come in here fearless. And another thing about them that I think is a really good part, and I don't want to, I don't want to get too amateur psychologist about this, but like when I watch Auburn play and watch them go through the super regional, and the one thing that kind of radiates off this team is that they're very calm. They don't get too high or too low. They just kind of, and it's very Butch Thompson. Then I look mm-hmm. at a team like Tennessee that was on full tilt at every at every given moment, and they bomb out in the in the super regionals. So I think some of that just steadiness is you know, will very especially in especially in the College World Series where you have to win quite a few games if you want to win a national championship. Going to be really interesting to see. A lot of people are are all on the Notre Dame bandwagon now that Ooh. now that Notre Dame knocked off Tennessee, but I wonder. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a tremendous challenge for Link Jarrett to try to bring his guys back out of the clouds after knocking off Tennessee. So let's take a look at these are from Sportsline. These are the odds to win the College World Series for the eight teams left in the field. Would either of you like to venture a guess as to who the favorite is right now if uh, if you wanted to wager uh, according to the, these are from yesterday. I'm, uh, th- this is a 247sports.com article about right. the eight favorites. According to the odds, the odds are from Sportsline. Who do you think the favorite is? I'm I'm still I'm going to lean Notre Dame. Who the favorite? The favorite from? is according to Sportsline to win the College World Series of the eight teams or A and M, Stanford or Texas A and M. The Texas Longhorns yeah. are the favorite 
three and a half, three three and a half to one plus three fifty. They were the nine national seed. They they are uh, well. That's the third highest that's in the field. Twenty two percent, twenty two percent chance really well. according to uh, according to Sportsline. Stanford is next. They've got an eighteen percent chance to win it all. Four and a half to one odds. Uh, then Notre Dame, sixteen and a half percent chance to win. They're five to one or so to win the College World Series. Like you said, a lot of people inspired by the way Link Jarrett mm-hmm. has his team playing. Maybe the next coach at Florida State. You know, he's the uh, mm. is the uh, all time. He holds the he holds the career record for at bats for anyone in the history of Florida State University as a baseball player. And now he's got college. And now they've got a now they've got a vacancy. And he's got a team in the College World Series. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's coincidence that they uh, that they went ahead and, and opened that job up. They you know they could have waited a little while. I think uh, I think everybody knows that former, that's who they're looking at. Former Auburn assistant coach too, Link Jarrett, the really? Notre Dame head coach. Very interesting. He was uh, he was here uh, about a decade. ago. His last mm-hmm. his last assistant coaching job before he got the job at right. Greensboro uh, was uh, was was here on on the Auburn staff before he Very took nice. over there. Um, Arkansas next up first SEC team. I've uh, I've mentioned so far of the uh, of the field Arkansas is uh, six and a half to one to win it all. Thir- Interesting that Arkansas is 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 higher rated than A and M. Wait, hey, hey, just just wait. A and M's not next either. It's Ole Miss. Ole Miss is next, seven to one odds to Ole win Miss, it all. The the last team in the field, but the team that everybody thought was going to be the best team in college baseball heading into the season. At one point, yes. Yep. They're preseason number one. They were number right. one when Auburn played. Right. Them. I mean, two of the. I mean, you you could make the case that. Of the first round matchups in this bracket, the two hottest teams facing off against each other are Ole Miss and Auburn. I mean, the, the way they the way they yeah. played in in the postseason, they're, they're going to square off. Uh, speaking of, so, Ole Miss seven to one to win it all, twelve and a half percent chance of of winning the entire thing. Next up, the Auburn Tigers seven and a half percent or a seven and a half to one odds. Uh, they, they've got a, about a twelve percent chance, according to a sports line, of uh, winning it all. Then Oklahoma. At eight to one, about an eleven percent chance, and the team I have not mentioned yet, Bill. The the, the eighth of the eight is Texas A and M. Ten percent chance to win it all, eight and a half. And to they one. are the second highest national seed in the field. It's also a testament, though, the team with the longest odds is eight and a half to one. The team right. that is the favorite is three and a half to one. It is wide I mean, open between. Yeah, there's there's a twenty two percent chance of Texas winning it, a ten percent chance of A and M winning it. Everyone else is in between in that whole thing, according to the projections from Sportsline. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's some some numbers that back up how wide open this field is, and in that field, you've got the Auburn Tigers with a seven and a half percent chance or seven and a half to one uh, 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 odds to win the uh, the College World Series, and a team that's really hitting the ball. Uh, looking forward to seeing Auburn and Ole Miss uh, square off uh, Saturday night on ESPN two. And Auburn announced and Joseph Gonzalez will get the start. That um, is right. We talked about that a little yesterday, and it is official today. That does Ole make Miss a lot didn't of sense. See him. Right, he had a blister and missed the Ole Miss series. Uh, Auburn has seen um, the the Ole Miss starter, uh, Delucia. Uh, came back shortly after the Ole Miss series, right? A couple yeah, weeks later yeah. when, uh, when, when Joseph came back. And, but uh, uh, I think that that's advantage Auburn there. And it makes sense, too, that you want to throw your best guy, uh, yes. you know, in, in, a, in a game that should be really, really tough. Obviously, we're in here in the College World Series. They all should be. But you're going against a, a, but to a, start a team the winner's that's really bracket, well. Yeah. Yes. You know, in, in case you thought maybe Sportsline's projections were a little bit off, and, and Bill, I'd like your thoughts on this. DraftKings has a different set of odds. They've also got A&M with the longest odds huh. of anyone in the That's field to win the College World Series of the eight teams. That's not the team I would have guessed no. would, be, would be seen as they... They've also got Texas as the favorite. 
They've also got Stanford and Notre Dame some, next up. I've seen some advanced stats projections that have A and M low, but I, I'm still surprised. But it's that. still, yeah. But I think the emphasis still still is that I mean, if Texas and Stanford are around five to one as the favorites in this thing, and A and M at, at eight to one is the team with the longest odds on the board in an eight team tournament. Yeah. That's that's wide open. Also got to keep in mind. Also got to keep in mind. A and M's on the side of the bracket with you know you, that plays a part as well because you don't mix the halves until you get to the championships. Right. I mean, well, it's funny. A and M's the A and M and Stanford were the only two two teams that won regionals at home. But uh, I mean, I, I guess maybe that's why. I mean, you're, you're looking at so many teams that, of course, they're, e- they're one on I'm either side. I mean, you've got you've got three teams on either side. That went through super regionals. One super regionals on the road. So maybe, maybe I don't know why. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, skepticism about AM's pitching. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't maybe. know if that's I don't know if that's the yeah. most fair. I mean, well, I'm trying to find a reason. Why. Defense is huge there at uh, Charles Schwab. But State. no, that's that's a surprising thing though. I mean, for for AM to be the team with the longest odds mm-hmm. at the moment to win the uh, to win the entire thing, and uh, and Auburn right right there in the uh, in, in the middle of the pack. This is a wide open field, and uh, and yeah, should be an exciting tournament. Getting started tomorrow, right? You got some baseball uh, tomorrow, and then Saturday yeah. is when the uh, when when the Auburn game goes. Yeah, the 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 Auburn side of the bracket starts on Saturday. Auburn plays the last game of the first. Yes, round. they do. Oklahoma A yeah. and M will probably be done when we go on the air tomorrow, one p.m. on ESPN mm-hmm. tomorrow for Oklahoma. And A&M to get things started. Notre Dame and Texas will begin at 6 o'clock right after our show uh, tomorrow, uh, the two games in Omaha to begin the College World Series. Yeah, so you've got uh, possibility, a very likely possibility that somewhere along the way you get a Texas-Texas A&M matchup. Woo! Absolutely, and and there's a, and there's going to be a lot of attention on whether or not, like you were gonna, like you guys were saying, can Notre Dame keep keep this thing going? Mm-hmm. Because the team that, I mean, the team that beat Tennessee was was the, the team that eliminated Tennessee was going to become uh, the favorite for for a lot of folks. And Link Jarrett has a lot of friends all over college baseball yeah. rooting for him and wanting to see him succeed, including people here in Auburn who remember him oh, fondly. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so yeah, that that's a uh, an easy team to root for, and and Notre Dame Texas. A uh, a big matchup Friday night in the College World Series. So Auburn, Auburn and Florida State have always just been connected in baseball, right? <laughs> if this guy who is the Florida State legend was yeah. also at Auburn, it's just they can't yeah. get away from each other. It's the way it works. I mean, and he's um, I, you know, the question I would have about Link Jarrett too is like, how much if you're Florida State, how much do you want him to succeed in this thing? Because if he wins a championship, does it become harder to leave to go back? I mean, is, is that something where if he if you win the national championship, it's, it's still, Florida I know State, though. he's from Tallahassee yeah. too. Yeah. He's a hometown guy. I wonder if it maybe it it and doesn't I, matter. I would think it would be a little easier to recruit. What did you to, think? You know, what did you think of my idea? Little more talent around to Florida State than it is to recruit yeah. at a private school in Indiana. Yeah, probably. I I suggested somebody who as a potential Florida State coach to Bill uh, yesterday, uh, who uh, who would be leg- a legendary former Florida State baseball player and a legend of the Threes Company. Oh, I mean, who it was, was, it, uh, was retired. Yeah, it would would be it'd be a huge name. Retired but, in the area, smart baseball mind, a guy who knows is, a lot. Uh, is. Bust, Buster if, Posey. Yeah, I wonder, oh, Buster. Wonder, yeah. Buster wants to get into coaching. I believe he is very involved in his church. My understanding is that he, he moved back to Georgia after retiring and has gotten very involved uh, with different religious charities and things involved in, in See, his Yeah, I thought you were going to go J.D. Drew at I first. don't know. I, well, that'd be death. J.D. or Stephen. Both, both smart guys, probably available. Uh, but I, I, feel I, like, I feel like catchers make a pretty good little transition usually, to being a coach. Yeah, there are yeah, a lot, lot of coaches, Oregon, managers. Oregon State's coach was a catcher, I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe Mitch, David uh, Ross? I, be, I believe uh, Mitch was a, Another was a catcher. Another good example. Uh, uh, Maybe. Brody, I don't know. Tori. Right, Tori, yeah. Girardi, yeah, 
Yeah. Wow. Com- commonplace. You see, you see a lot of that. In, it uh, makes sense, though. I mean, that's like one of the more cerebral positions on on the on the on the field mm-hmm. when it comes to when it comes to baseball. All right, we need to get to our first break of Brad, hour number two. Brad Osmus manage? Was he? Uh, did he? He was a catcher. Yeah, he managed for a while too. Yeah. I think he got a manager job. All right, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive Thursday afternoon. Bill Dan and uh, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Justin, before we get to the phones, talk a little bit about what uh, what you've had lately there at the Observer. What yeah. you got coming up? Yeah, so this week I did something. Uh, at the beginning of the week, I did uh, all-decade teams for Auburn basketball. Went from 1950s to right now. Wow. Put them in a bracket against each other. Kind of played out. Today's a championship game. You can vote on it. Uh, you can just find it on the website. 1980s versus the 2020s so far. So you've got Charles Barkley and Chuck Person versus uh, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Uh, real fun, real fun back and forth men there. I uh, did a story earlier in the week on Auburn. Um, it's a real interesting. I don't know if I realized this during the season. Auburn football played two true freshmen last year past the redshirt limit. Only two guys. That was big. Yeah, I noticed that as the season was going on. I yeah. mean, I, I was Landon, wondering. Landon King Jarquez. and Jarquez Hunter. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. Brian Harson's history at Boise State was to redshirt heavily mm-hmm. and then develop that way. Wonder that, if that'll continue at all. I think that'll change. I think it will I because think you got part dip- of the learning process that mm-hmm. Brian Harson has been talking also about. Also, access to be- is, better talent. Well, I mean, when you're at Boise, uh, you're trying. You're, you're not. Yeah, you're not able to go out and and bring in right. the four and five stars, and you're trying to develop players more and you know get them bigger, stronger, understand the system. Um, you don't get as many you, college you, you had guys. Better be, you had better be bringing in some more highly touted players that need to play now. And, and I went Here. through and I went through the the true freshman this year and I identified a few guys that could probably bring that up. Um, and then we did a podcast today previewing uh, Omaha. Um, you can check that out auburnobserver.com. Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year get you access to all of that, and we email you every time there's a podcast or a newsletter, which is pretty much every weekday. And I, I think another factor that plays into that is the transfer portal, obviously, yes. too. I mean, you can't count on players sticking around, redshirting, and helping you down the road. You better get you better get what you can it's out a whole of them as different, you can. It's a whole lot different in a place like Boise State, where you, you may get one or two four-stars every few years. Right. Auburn, and I think I pointed it out. Uh, I think in the in the time that Brian Harson was the head coach of Boise State, they got eight four stars. Uh, it was seven four stars. It was like seven four stars is a tough recruiting class for Auburn, not a tenure. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just I I wonder how much that'll change. You know, last year you inherited that class. It was kind of wonky. It was a little early on, and then it, you got to kind of grow there. I will say, though, the freshmen he did play at Boise State were guys that made a lot of impact. Two true freshmen were ended up being starting quarterbacks for him. A lot of really good running backs that they had come through there played early. 
And so that okay. it makes me makes me wonder about a guy like Demari Austin. Could he end up you know making an impact right away? Getting on the field early a lot is you know some some of that's based on sort of luck, right? Like some of it's you know who's in front of you on the depth chart and what sort of opportunities are there. Some of it is you know being physically ready and and talented. It, it is, to, it is. But I mean, some of it is also. I mean, the the coach. There there are some opportunities um, that you're going to have regardless of what's ahead of you to try to get some guys in. This this year it'll be interesting to see how many true freshmen have have, have any sort of right. role on, on offense or defense. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline again, 334-321-1390. And Keith is up. Hey, Keith. Hey, um, yeah, I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on uh, the uh, the fact that all through the, the previous years that we've heard of uh, how, how hard it is to uh, recruit in Alabama against uh, or actually uh, – Build a, a really good team and get these guys to come in and get enough uh, baseball players without the academic scholarships, uh, you know, that the states are giving around us. And, uh, you know, I read an article that Bush Thompson wrote on it or, or did with it. And uh, I just wondered, do you think NIL does away with all that or uh, the challenges against that? NIL helps tremendously. There's no question. No question about it. I mean, Auburn still is a, is a disadvantage. Auburn and Alabama. I mean, there there are disadvantages. It can only it can only uh, it can only make make the gap that much smaller because all the programs that have the that already had the benefits of a lottery and those sorts of things that people pointed to, they have NIL programs right. as well. So it it but it can make a difference as opposed to you know the the world of some of these sports with partial scholarships before NIL was allowed versus now. If you win a national championship, it'll sure help. Oh, yeah. Hey, playing in Omaha two out of the last three times uh, absolutely helps, no, too. You know, I, I somebody else asked us if, you know, it may, maybe people don't make a big enough deal about the fact that Butch is having the success in a league where other programs and multiple other programs oh. have an advantage, an inherent advantage that Auburn doesn't have. And the Tennessee, com- Vanderbilt, the, Georgia, you Florida. Know, the comparison I would make is... This is you, like okay. this is like winning at a football program that has academic restrictions that the teams on the schedule don't have, right? If you have to try to recruit, uh, you know, I guess Notre Dame would would be an example of, of something where it's like when you when you have you you have a a standard that you have to recruit to on top of the you know the, the fact that you need players that are good enough players to to be high level football players, they also have to fit in culturally and academically and you know all, all these other things. And it, it, I think it's there's a little bit of that when you're dealing with something of a, a an anchor, you know, that, that that's tied to you. That you're, you know, you you have to. It, it's an it's an extra obstacle. And the fact that Auburn can not only compete but win uh, with that obstacle in place is a testament to the job that uh, that Butch Thompson and his, and his coaches do. Appreciate the call, Keith. Uh, that that's a uh, yeah, great, great point. Great stuff, Keith. Yep. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Uh, again, Auburn, uh, today was media day, basically, for the team's workout and media day. We'll see if we can access some of the uh, uh, some of the interviews from earlier today. If we can't get to them this afternoon, hopefully we'll be able to do it tomorrow. Again, don't forget, we will have an interview. Riley Hubbard going to spend some time with, with uh, Sonny DeShera, and we will get that to you on tomorrow's show. We need to get to our final break. Of the Thursday final break of not the final break. It's the bottom of the hour break. We got one more break after this.
So, yeah, give me a break. Join us for the final <laughs> half hour here on the Thursday Drive. Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes of the Thursday Drive with Bill, Dan, and Justin Ferguson. Drew at the controls and uh, still plenty of time for you to join in uh, as we uh, head up towards 6 o'clock. Uh, Justin, we, we really haven't talked much about football at all. I mean, it's uh, been big camp time. Um, June is a, a very, very busy time all across the country yeah. with more and more players making official visits. Not just visiting campus and going to camps but making official visits. And it's such a good change to the calendar because there's a lot of these guys that want to just go ahead, have their school picked, and then go play their senior year of high school football, mm-hmm. not have to worry about any of that. Well, so many of them are going to be done. Play their senior, play their play their fall, and then and they uh, go, be, be in school yep. at college. It's so much smarter. Go ahead and make the decision, have a normal you know fall year, and then be able to enroll early, sign early, all that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, I feel like Auburn – the amount of guys they're bringing on campus here the next, you know, this past couple of weeks, the next couple of weeks. They're using up some of the 56 officials, I'm telling yeah, you. They are, they are really going after a lot of these guys really hard. Um, I think the board is shaping up pretty well. There's a lot of blue chip players at, a, you know, pretty much every position. Like, you know, you have some positions in need that you need to go get, offensive line being a big one, edge rusher being a big one. And this is a good year to go after both of them, especially mm-hmm. in the regional area because linemen are a plenty. Not only in the state of Alabama, but in Georgia and, and some of Auburn's usual uh, stomping ground. So, I do wonder how many commitments they'll be able to get. I do think there's going to be a general sense of kind of wait and see with Auburn in the fall, with, with guys being like, okay, you know, let's make sure that this staff's going to be here around long term and what the program looks like moving forward. But um, I think the board and I think the strategy Auburn's had in recruiting. Um, it's been a big step up from what we saw this time last year, and it's it's the kind of stuff that you need to do if you're Brian Harson to to stay around here and build a program that you want to have to compete in the SEC. I mean, the concern that that a lot of fans have though is they are not picking up commitments right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's I, I do wonder I do wonder like I said how many of these guys are waiting and seeing what they if Auburn is going to be for real. See what, yeah, see what it looks like on the field. Right, and then. Um, you know, I might, they might be able to pick up a few guys here in the in the next month or so. Like, there's some guys that I think that are on the verge. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And that's where, look, not to say it would be a bad thing if Auburn were getting commitments right now, but if Auburn, even if Auburn were getting the commitments, 
there'd still be the question of if things don't go as planned this season, will those commitments want to hold on and and stick through to their commitments? So regardless of whether or not players are committing right now, there's still a lot riding on this upcoming season. Because even if you were getting the commitments, a you know if, if the if the no season, that's, that's true. If, I if mean, the, that, that, if it were to capsize, commit, I don't know how many of those. Yeah, the thing to remember is a commitment isn't binding, and that's where Auburn getting these players on campus. On the flip side is. If they play well, even if these players haven't committed or might have even committed somewhere else, that's gonna that could turn their head. That could bring them into the fold. A needle-moving performance by the Auburn football team in, Penn State. in games like Penn State, Penn State, Missouri, because it's the conference opener. You go to Athens, you're more competitive than people maybe think you are in no, the first. To t- me, it's it's the Penn State game. Penn State's huge, though. You're right. I mean, you've got to, if you come out of the first five. Um, Four and one or five and zero. Oh, oh you're, then then you're then all of a sudden they're gonna they they will be double digit commitments to Auburn whether they've come early and stuck or you're adding. But some. you've got some guy you got some guys right now that are very close. Um, uh, Brock Glenn, the quarterback, is mm-hmm. supposed to be making his decision before he goes to Elite Eleven. Uh, Carmelo English, who's right up the road at Central Phoenix City, wide receiver. Um, a lot of people think Auburn's the team to beat there. He's supposed to be making his decision very soon as well. So there's going to be some guys they can pick up here in the yeah. near future. We had a we have an update on a, a local uh, prospect. Harris. Somebody well somebody somebody called and asked about uh, J C Hart. Oh, okay. uh, the uh, Lochapoka. Uh, right. Oh yeah, 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 who's, yeah. Got, who's got several yeah, Jacorius, impressive, JC, Im- yeah. impressive offers? Multiple Ivy League schools. Yeah, Slack was it? Slack was. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and he got a. I believe he was rated as a three star by twenty four seven today, based on his performances at different camps. He's been MVP at a couple of camps, including Auburn's camps. Yeah. but that's but for a guy who was an unrated prospect yesterday. On on the twenty four seven service, you know he's now he's now a twenty four he's now he's now a three star and, and maybe maybe more than that you know before it's all said and done. And according uh, to uh, Christian Clemente at uh, two four seven, an Auburn offer is is supposed to be set soon. For well, him. I mean that's what Slack was saying. I mean talking about you know uh, multiple people have said that's that's when that's the one he's waiting. What's for. the um what's the story about uh, going to school every day or or driving by um what, uh, Jason Jason told us this. Uh, last week, when we were talking about J.C. Hart, Justin, he, uh, uh, I believe, when he was, he would he would ride by Jordan Hare Stadium every day on the way to school, and uh, or, or make his make his uh, mother go out of the way, uh, out of out of the the way they were supposed to go to uh, to pass by uh, Jordan Hare Stadium every day. So it, it would uh, an offer. Man, he's, could be, he's six two. An he, offer he was yeah. Auburn Auburn time at four three seven. Yeah, and and I know also with him being a low spoker guy with Jeff Klein recently uh, right. passing away, the Auburn connection there got to be definitely strong. I thought you were talking about a local kid. Uh, A.J. Harris, the five-star from Glenwood, just committed to Georgia. Um, how many times have they, yeah. has Glenwood been able to say they got a kid at Georgia? Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, – I'm glad you mentioned Hart because I did read something earlier today about, um, you know, just not too long well, That's ago, good. But, I mean, a lot, a lot of local folks are wondering. Yeah. High-rise, I mean, he has gotten a – Ton of offers here and mm-hmm. recently. I know Mississippi State. I think was the first uh, Missouri. Missouri yep. recently offered him as well. So, what's the story on our guy from Highland Home? We got any, we got Kendrick Falk. Apparently, his visit went really well, yeah. and, and, and I mean, I feel that, like Auburn's looks a strong like maybe contender. The most likely edge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm just going to be excited if Auburn potentially gets a dude from Highland Home because 
as a guy who's driven by Highland Home about a hundred million times in his life, you gotta uh, you gotta take the flying him. squadron represent. You gotta take him to it don't matter and do a story. <laughs> do a story. You, you you and Auburn's latest commitment can go to it don't matter. And it Highland don't Home, matter. Fam, yeah. Family restaurant that uh, I, I you know what I was worried because here's on sign of the times, Bill. Whenever you mention any sort of local restaurant, oh now, yeah, there's no no guarantee that it's still there, right? I mean, you got to think, especially they, especially in that area, part yeah. of the state. Yeah. But I mean, did did, did well, they survive hey. the last anywhere? I mean, did you did you survive the last couple of years because it was right, so right, tough right. for, yeah, yeah, for yeah, local yeah. businesses? But uh, yeah, pr- proud to report that uh, I've I've been I've been told that that Highland Home uh, there's some uh, there's still has it don't matter that area that area down there in the state. I mean, like there's not a whole lot, there's not a whole lot, obviously, but there's some there's some hidden gems. Food wise, especially there's a couple around the Troy area and that and that kind of neck of the woods that I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Um, so yeah, and shout out to Highland Home. I'll always I'll always ride for the Wiregrass. And if if you ever that's the thing is like there's usually not a ton of kids that come out of there that are really good prospects like SEC type of prospects, but there's been a little bit more here here recently. Um, I'm trying to remember the last Auburn kid. Richard McBride's the last one I can think of that was a Wiregrass kid that came through. He was at he was at uh, Charles Henderson. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's he's more recent than like Spencer Pybus. Uh, uh, oh, that's all. Oh, um, oh, Craig, Sa- Craig Sanders. Craig Sanders. Craig Aaron, Sanders and Aaron and Purple Cat. Yeah. I, I, I watched him play in high school. He was insane in high school. He was like the he was like the defensive end and kicker and punter and yeah. quarter like he he was one yeah. of those like one eight dudes that plays plays everything. Ibis broke several records oh, at one spark. of those spark spark. It was a spark camp with a Q uh-huh. spark yeah. with a Q. Yeah, because yeah, Ibis tested off and the charts. Do as you a high remember? Do you remember? Wow. Do you remember Anthony Morgan? Anthony, uh, I think he was Morgan Gully when he when he left. Uh, the receiver, yeah, little little slot receiver. He was a little slot receiver, standout at uh, at Br- uh, Brantley. Brantley, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Brantley. Brantley, and if you know anything Brantley, about where the persons are from, he was mm-hmm. related to the persons, if I'm not mistaken. If you know anything about Brantley, they win everything. Yes, uh, they are. Re- there They're was a really year- good in baseball too. When, yeah, when I was, right. oh, there was a year when I was in high school that Brantley won the one A state title in baseball, basketball, and football, all in the same cal- all in the same school year. He went. He went from. So, Ant- Anthony Anthony Gully Gully, Gully to Gully Martin Gully. to Martin right yeah, like he Martin, transi- yeah. transitioned uh, into yeah, watched it, him play in high Martin school Martin. too he was a whole yeah. lot of fun yeah so uh, I'll always I'll always ride for any of the, any if you pop out from the Wiregrass I'll I'll pay attention I know Andalusia's got a couple of SEC guys this year so. well, hey, and 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 I know I, I, yeah I know you know the the Ufala situation but I, I Jer- about Jarrell Jernigan yeah, is the, yeah. uh, the really Ufala excited coach. really excited Jarell's. and then more and then more towards your neck of the woods like Bruton would always you know you could pick up some kids out there oh yeah yeah, yeah. there'd be a little T R Miller, little Miller always had, Miller. had yeah. I think there's a WS Neal kid a Neil. I think there's a Neil yeah. kid that's pretty uh, good this year the, uh, Auburn Auburn had a uh, had Offensive lineman from Neil. Yeah, and I'm blanking uh, on who it is. Bill, you meant you mentioned Jarrell Jernigan, the former Troy receiver, yeah. who is now taking over for Ed Rigby at uh, at Ufala. Very cool. Yeah, Jarrell's a great guy. I've gotten to interact with him a couple of times in my uh, in my limited uh, Troy experiences over the last uh, couple of years. Dude, he was one of my favorites growing yeah. up. Growing up watching Troy, man, and, he was and, so well, good. That, that was a, that was a guy that Auburn could never decide. Yeah, on yep. and sensational. Jason wide Jason has told me stories oh, about yes. him. Sensational yeah. wide receiver had a, a a brief pro career after a after a, a, a record breaking uh, time as a Troy wide receiver. Uh, he's been around the Troy football program and uh, and he's been around the Ufala program as well. Uh, Ed Rigby knows him really well, and uh, and now with Ed Rigby taking over at Pike Road, uh, that's it, that. Jor- yeah. Jarrell's a uh, Jarrell's a, a great choice. 
uh, to take there's over two thousands. There's 2000s-era Troy stars like Jarrell Jernigan, and then my, my old favorite on the defense side of the ball, Leotis McKelvin, who ended sure. up playing in the NFL for a decent bit. Um, but, yeah, that's... Again, like I said, if you're if you're from that from that part of the state, as somebody who grew up there, I'll always just be like, because again, you don't you don't usually see a ton of them from no, down there. No, that's right. It's a big deal. It's, it's a really a huge big deal. deal. Somebody speaking gets a chance of, to play big time. Speaking of college football players from about a decade ago that people might remember the names around here that are that are making waves in the high school ranks, I believe the expectation is that Antonio Coleman is going to be named the head coach at Williamson High School. He's the defensive coordinator. They don't have a head coach right now. He's running practices. So I think it's a matter of time between now and the beginning of the season uh, that Antonio Coleman is going to get that job. It's just a matter of, I guess, finalizing the contracts and doing all the bill. You're familiar with all the different things that need to be checked off before a a public school in Alabama Mm -hmm. can actually hire a head coach of a program. But, uh, But Antonio Coleman is in charge at the moment of the Williamson High School. He's been the defensive coordinator, uh, the head coach was let go or, or not retained or whatever language they're using. Yeah, there using. were multiple schools down there that did that. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that, I haven't seen a whole lot of stories about any of them. So, Col- the yeah, Col- Coleman is not, and they just had a uh, they had a, a school board, uh, Mobile City Schools had a had a meeting where it would have been one of those meetings where they announced yeah, usually. New, new coaches, but they didn't announce any. Uh, but it was at this past meeting where I think folks thought Antonio Coleman would be made official as the, uh, as the head coach at Williamson. Hasn't happened yet. But he still seems to be the guy who's who's going to be coaching that team at the very least this fall, and maybe for a lot longer than that. Because that's somebody who his name has come up before, and that's somebody who I think people think has a really bright future as a high school football coach, and maybe a high school football coach who makes the jump to college football as a, a, a position coach, or maybe more than that. Because he's got a great personality, really smart guy, a lot of friends in the uh, in, in the high school football ranks and uh widely respected uh w- you know from from folks who I mean Bill you guys you guys remember Antonio Coleman I mean sure. as, as it, from oh, his yeah. time as a player I mean that guy uh you know he he made, he made a real impact uh here here in Auburn and, and very and I think when you look back at some of the best you know he, he, very underrated I think uh, if you look at his sack numbers at Auburn, it's still among some of the best ever. And uh, uh, one, part of that part of that run of, I mean, Auburn had a stretch where they didn't, and it, it, when it ended, it ended quickly. Yes. But Auburn had that stretch with Antonio Coleman, Quentin Groves, uh, Antoine Carter. Like there, there were there were some there were some really potent uh, defensive ends in sort of Tuberville's four three that could help generate a pass rush, even left over uh, for. Uh, for for Gene Chizik, yeah, uh, the, you know, mm-hmm. t- towards the uh, towards the end, you know, before I mean, it, it ended because Chizik started bringing in his own uh, defensive linemen and things like that. But but there were a ton of guys sort of left on the team or or part of the tail end of the Tuberville era or the beginning of the Chizik era. Antonio Coleman was one of them, and uh, yeah, just a, a really talented guy who, yeah, I, I think will uh, will do well if he's uh, if he's given the chance uh, down in Mobile uh, down in Mobile at the uh, at, at Williamson, his alma mater. Yeah, and no, it, it wouldn't be terrible for, for Auburn to have you know someone like that. Not that you expect these guys. That's the thing. A lot of fans think, well, he's just going to automatically send his kids no. to his school. And no, that's, that's not what the good coaches do. But it doesn't hurt to have really good relationship and history with, uh, with head good coaches. Good way to get anyway. a connection. That's no, right. And, and uh, occasionally a pretty good player. Comes, well, yeah. comes, oh, yeah. out of, comes out of Williamson, so that that would be a yeah, that'd be a spot where, where maybe uh, yeah, I would love. Roger McCurry is pretty good. Fr- friendly, a friendly uh, face mm-hmm. or two, uh, you know, on, on the on the coaching ranks. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Thursday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Let's uh, update the uh, the U.S. Open. Adam Hadwin uh, continuing to um, hold a one-stroke lead. The Canadian on 16 at four under. There are eight golfers tied at three under, including uh, Justin Rose, who is on 17. A lot of Rory McIlroy is the uh, the other big name there. Among the uh, golfers tied at three under, and a lot of, uh, I'm not so sure who they are, guys. Briefly, uh, uh, D- uh, Dustin Johnson now at two under through, uh, he's on 18 right now. That's right, still yep. uh, still a lot of golf, and uh, and some of the big stars not that far off the uh, off the lead. DJ, uh, that'll be interesting if DJ gets in, yep. stays in contention this week, because the narrative will be great over the weekend. Tonight, oh, uh, you're right. game six, uh, the NBA Finals, Warriors-Celtics, the Warriors looking to finish Please. In Boston, Please. or we're getting a game seven. Would that be Sunday, Sunday night? It would be game seven if there's, yes. uh, if necessary. What do you think happens tonight in Beantown? So I, I expect a flurry from, uh, from the stars of Boston in this game. I will say this. It did look in the second half of, of game five that Boston looked like they were kind of running low on gas. And I wonder how much, if the Warriors can get off to a good start, can they keep them in line? Because I think the adjustments they've been able to make on defense, um, they've just, they've, game four and game five, they have looked really, really good. Uh, Andrew Wiggins coming in, having an excellent game. And then the one thing you always got to keep in mind, game six, Clay Thompson is, is, uh, you got to keep that in mind as well. But yeah, I would expect Boston, especially in front of that crowd, to give it all they got this last one and try to force a game seven. I don't know if my heart will be able to take a game seven. I have not experienced very many game sevens in my in my lifetime as a fan. You know, they're always fun to watch when you have nothing to do with them. Uh, Golden State's only game seven in this era in the finals was the one against Cleveland, right? The one they, they, they blew they through on. Yeah. yeah, so that's I mean amazing to think, right? They've been this is six finals in eight years for the Warriors. They have not had to win one in seven. Uh, and uh, Toronto won in six. If I remember Toronto won. Right. They, they've only played one game seven. It was against Cleveland. Cleveland won that one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, they would want to for different reasons. You'd want to avoid the atmosphere of a game seven on Sunday night would be would be incredible. Oh, and Ch- yeah, um, Chase Center. You know, yeah. a winner take all yeah. sort of game would be amazing. And I. You know, the, earlier in my life, the more, you know, when I was more conspiracy-minded, I would think, like, watch for Boston to get every call in a situation like this one because the NBA would love for there to be a Game 7 on Sunday night. I don't think there's as much of that anymore. No. But uh, at the same time, I, I do I do think that the because it's in Boston anyway, odds are a little bit stacked against Golden State tonight. It makes sense Boston's a slight favorite yeah. to, to win tonight and, and force and force a Game 7 on Sunday. But, yeah, lo- looking forward to, uh, to to that and what's been a uh, pretty pretty compelling series so far. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if whoever's listening, if you watched Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals last night, that was a really fun game, uh, really fun overtime finish, too. Um, that'll be a fun series because, you know, Avs go up one nothing at home, but, like, the Lightning have made it this far just, just – 
just losing early and just and just rallying from that. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And well. and and speaking of teams that uh, slop around early and uh, then then do a little better, the Braves ever going to lose? Well, they can't lose today. Um, the the streak will not end today. Um, Going they, for fifteen. Yeah, got a weekend series against the Cubs, and the Cubs are not doing so hot. No, the Cubs have, both teams streaking. The Cubs yes. have lost ten. Cubs have lost ten, 10 straight. Yeah. yeah, we need to get Schwindel uh, this weekend on the mound because I, I mean he's he's been uh, he, yeah he's, he has not been the he hasn't been the worst pitcher. He can't do much Cubs. worse than some of those guys. What's the longest win streak in uh, franchise history for that for that organization? They, they have one at uh, sixteen. Yeah. Okay, so they're they're coming up on on maybe tying or yeah. uh, uh, eclipsing. And also, it is the longest winning streak by a defending world champion ever. I found that out this week. And and they're closing in on the Mets now. Yeah, closing yeah. in on them four and I, games. And I would and I would watch I would watch out for the Phillies as the summer progresses too. Phillies the don't team. Phillies Phillies bullpen and defense. Defense is their biggest they, problem. They they blow the weirdest games. Yeah, they. I, th- I think that that's a team that may be trying to if they're if they're in the hunt, maybe trying to bolster the bullpen. Yeah, because we'll, we'll see how their new guys do. Yeah, because they've got a couple of guys that have done it that they're going to go to. Justin, quickly uh, one more time about the Observer. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. Check out newsletters, uh, basketball, football this week, mailbag tomorrow, preview podcast on the uh, College World Series. A lot of stuff there. AuburnObserver.com. Thanks, Justin Ferguson. From the Auburn Observer, definitely uh, check that out. Subscribe to it. We're out of time here on the Thursday Drive. Tomorrow we know we will have an interview with Sonny DeShara as Auburn getting ready for its Saturday opener against the Ole Miss Rebels in the College World Series. And uh, we look forward to talking to you then. But we're out of time here on the Thursday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.